Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 17 of Revelation chapter 11. And we're going to be reading Revelation 11, verses 10 and 11. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall sing gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. Now, in our last couple of Bible studies, we've been looking at prophets. As as it says here in Revelation 11.10, these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So we went into the Old Testament, and we've seen in 1 Kings 22 that there were 400 prophets that prophesied things that the king of Israel and the people wanted to hear and one lone prophet that prophesied um, the things that God said to him faithfully. And when Micaiah, that prophet, prophesied the things that God said, it was, in a sense, a torment to the hearers, to the king of Israel, to the people of Israel. We have to understand that the word torment can mean um, sort of that which is disturbing. It, it's a word that's also translated uh, as toiling, when uh, they're toiling in rowing. It is not a word that uh, has to do with torture at all. It, it's more of a word that relates to being vexed, to being troubled. And so the prophecy of the true prophets, God's people, within the congregations over the course of the church age, was a source of vexation to those that dwelt upon the earth. And just like Micaiah was a source of vexation to the king of Israel. And and that is the nature of true prophets of the Lord, those who proclaim faithfully, and honestly, what the Bible says, they are not well received. We we saw in the Gospel of Luke, and let me read this again, in Luke chapter 6. And uh, this uh, sums it up very well concerning how true prophets are viewed and how false prophets are viewed. Uh, we read in Luke 6, in, in verse 22, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Then in verse 23, Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Now, Think about that. God is saying that the prophets, Micaiah, Jeremiah, 
Isaiah, other prophets that we read of in the Bible, and prophets that we don't know all that well. True believers, men who were faithful to what God had told them and shared it with others, they were hated, separated from, reproached, and had their names cast out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And and uh, the Son of Man, or for the word's sake, or synonymous, for God's sake. And it is um, what can be expected when we take a stand with the Word of God, or or when God causes us and makes us stand, stand fast by His Word. And, and it's not that it's anything special in us. We have nowhere to go. We... Uh, we've probably desired to go somewhere else, and we can't because we know that there's no truth anywhere else, and and God has arranged circumstances in our life so that we uh, must take a stand with him and his word, and he moves in us to will and do of his good pleasure. He's the one that uh, draws us to himself and will not let us go, so uh it's not that we're doing anything great of ourself in um adhering to and holding steadfastly to the word of god god is is working this out in us and uh, he, even the prophet jeremiah for a time attempted to be silent and not speak in jehovah's name and yet he could not and it's not possible for a true believer because god's spirit is a force within us since he has given us a new resurrected soul and he indwells us. There, There is that strong desire he has placed within us to do the will of God. And, of course, in order to do the will of God, we, we uh, must follow the word of God and and be obedient to it and do as God commands us to do. But so here we see uh, there is hatred, the world separates, and and, uh, we become a reproach in their sight, and they cast out our name as evil. Um, Our name can become uh, a curse word in a sense. It it becomes a dirty word. I remember uh, years ago, I think it was in the late 80s, the 1980s, I was... um, fairly new listener to family radio. I've been listening a couple of years and I was working with this woman uh, who um, went to the same church that I went to and, and we ended up working in this job and we were talking about family radio and Mr. Camping and the open forum program. And I remember clearly, even though it was now 25 or so years ago, her saying to me with with a lot of emotion, oh, he's such a mean man. And she repeated it, he's such a mean man. And I was stunned because I thought the, the complete opposite. I thought he was a good man, that he was a man God was using. And and he was very kind and considerate but but you see the the problem is that she had 
her doctrinal differences with him. She didn't like how he would talk about uh, damnation and and his his strong stance for election and the way he would treat some callers and and, and yet she was completely wrong and and she had an entirely different idea concerning Mr. Camping than I did and than that other true believers did and and that's how it is when there's a, a child of God who is faithful to the word of God individuals who are not truly born again they have not been given ears to hear they they don't understand the truths that are being taught them they perceive things in a very different way and they they think very negatively towards those who are bringing that kind of a message it's very uh intolerant uh, to the ears of individuals in the world to hear that a woman is not to teach um are you not caught up to date don't you know what century you're living in is sort of the attitude and they don't understand but this is the word of god it doesn't matter what century we're living in and we we just want to be faithful to what the bible says or it's so cruel they think if there's a woman uh living in an abusive relationship not to recommend that she divorce not to encourage her to separate from her husband and to take the children and to get out of that marriage and and it's even crueler it's meaner to uh, then say to a divorced woman, you cannot remarry according to the word of God. Can, can you see how all these doctrines and many more, how they, they sound to a person who has a natural mind, who has the ears of the world? It, it sounds so harsh uh, to say that God has predetermined or predestinated certain ones to election and and it is all uh, according to his will who becomes saved and who doesn't and it it's just not fair you're not giving people a chance it, it what's it matter then and and so forth it's the natural mind at work and and it revolts it rebels it resists the things of god to hear that god has ended the church age that uh, that his spirit has left and there was no salvation taking place it it just sounds um terrible it it sounds awful what what kind of message is this that you're bringing your uh, you're not supporting the church. You're, you're unconcerned about all those individuals that have come into the congregations. Why don't you support us and pray for them? Why don't you help us as, as new families have come in and rather than say things contrary to what do you want to do? Lead them out of the church and back to the world and under the power of Satan? And it, it's all a matter of our vantage point concerning 
by God's grace, our understanding of the Word of God. And when individuals do not understand the Bible, it is really what it comes down to. They don't understand the truths of the Bible. They don't understand that that God is the one in control, that He is sovereign over all these matters, and and we must just bow the knee and humble ourselves to the perfect will of God. And and God is sovereign concerning whom He saves. God is sovereign concerning when He saves them. And now for the child of God to say, well, God shut the door of heaven, that he ended his salvation program. Can you imagine how cruel, how mean that sounds to people who have natural minds? Oh, it, it, it must be, uh, it, it must be just grating upon them. It, it and, and, uh, tormenting them it must be troubling them greatly that that they're hearing these things that they can't understand how anyone could believe such a thing don't we understand that means that no one's becoming saved that that god isn't granting mercy anymore and and they bring up various scenarios and are you telling me that God isn't saving in this instance or this case, and we can only say what the Bible permits us to say, and that is that God has locked in the date of May 21, 2011, as the day of judgment, as the day he shut the door. He, he confirmed it with the biblical calendar of history, wherein events fell together in such a way that there was no doubt this is the finger of God. It's the will of God. That's the day, and and nothing has changed. Nothing has been shown to be an error concerning the calendar. And, and all the information we've learned since from the Bible supports this teaching. We're only lowly doorkeepers, the, the true believer, we we do what God commands us to do. He says, open the door wide. It's a, a day of great salvation. He's saving a great multitude during the great tribulation. Very well. We're very happy about that. God shuts the door, and and then no man can open it. And so we have to tell people, I'm sorry, the door is shut. God has completed his salvation program he saved everyone he intends to save. He's not saving anyone else. And, and, uh, and, and it just sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. And therefore, men hate this kind of message. They, and, and they hate the one bringing it. They think, well, God, their understanding of God would never do that kind of thing. So it must be you, the one they can see the one they hear from, you're the evil one, and so they hate you, they separate from you, they reproach you, they cast out your name as evil, and yet, since it is really, truthfully, a result of our holding to the Bible, 
and and just being steadfast at, with what the Bible says. These things that they're saying about us or or doing and in uh, leaving us and and trying to get distance between us and and so forth. And if our name has become like a curse word, well, it's for the word's sake, for the Son of Man's sake. Well, it goes on to say here in um, Luke 6, verse 24, But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. And, you know, uh, I think that we are aware of what we could do in order for men to speak well of us. If we wanted to fit into the world, if we wanted to fit in with the church, if we wanted to fit in with those that that are unhappy with us and displeased with us because of our position in in holding to the truths of the word of God, especially these end times truths that God has opened up at the time of the end, well, we know what we have to do. We we know how we could um, be patted on the back and and we know what would uh, result in others saying amen to us and being pleased with us and and we can be called brother and sister by many people if we we just adjust our position if we make a few changes if we uh, stop being so dogmatic if we uh, uh relent and and give up our position if our word becomes like their word. If what we say is no longer um, agitating, it's no longer tormenting to them, it's no longer something that that they don't like to hear. If we would just uh, give in, if we would bend, if we would humble ourselves towards them, and and if we would start speaking with one voice as they speak, then all will be well. All will be well. We we can also um, have others speak well of us. They'll they'll say, "Oh, what a what a good believer! What a nice man! What a." Um, a loving man. You know what he believes? He believes God loves everyone. Or you know what, what his position is? God is so merciful, so gracious. God would never shut the door. And actually today in some circles, that's all you have to do is say God is still saving and, and it doesn't matter what else you believe and, and, <laughs> Certain individuals will pat you on the back and, and now you're, you're, you're one of the brethren because you're, you're not identifying with that hated doctrine of the door being shut. And, and yes, we as believers know we've uh, been around in this world 
It's the same thing in the world as it is in religious circles, in professed Christianity circles. You just don't make waves. You uh, go along and you will be accepted. You will be loved. The world loves its own. And, and, and so that is an option. If someone who is struggling and, oh, it's so difficult living the Christian life and living as a true believer in this world, well, there's the option. Go be like the world. Go join the, the masses. Go join, um, the, the multitude. And what will happen? Well, now you'll have friends. Now you'll have support uh, to some degree, not really very much. It's all superficial. It's all vanity. It's all on the surface of things. There, there's words that mean nothing that that are said and pats on the back, but but there's no true, genuine um, caring and love involved at all. But you can have that superficial uh, camaraderie. You you can have the companionship of the world, but you lose, you lose God, you lose God, the the God of the Bible, and and so uh, we, uh, the child of God, uh, by God's grace and by His doing. It's it's not us. We would be over there. We would be walking along with everyone else. And we have in times past. But we can't do that any longer because the Spirit of God within us will not permit it. And we value and we, we um, just cannot live without God. We cannot live denying God and accepting the world. We cannot live that way anymore. Now remember with uh, Moses, Moses um, thought about these things, and, and God moved him to record um, some of the things that he was going through in Hebrews 11. It says in verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ. Now, remember, Christ is the Word made flesh. So, basically, that that could be read, esteeming the reproach of the Word of God, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And so this is um, the position of the one God has saved and brought to him. We esteem the reproach of Christ. Remember what it said there in Luke 6? That they will, uh, uh, they will hate you. They will separate you from their company. 
It said in verse 22, and shall reproach you, reproach you. And, and so Moses esteemed that reproach because it was reproach for Christ. Just as it, it, it says here, and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. It's all for the word's sake, for Christ's sake, for Jesus' sake. And, and Moses esteemed that reproach greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And, of course, uh, we, we, um, uh, also, uh, should realize that it is far better to suffer temporally, to be afflicted, uh, for, for God's sake, for Christ's sake, for the word's sake, because we we will not deny him, then it is to um, to enjoy uh, popularity, to enjoy friendship, to enjoy uh, the world's uh, delight or the the world's um, lack of offense towards us, and uh, it uh, it's far better to put up with it and and to continue on and waiting on the lord patiently waiting for him uh, to to bring us through this period of time or whatever trial or tribulation we're going through now let me just read uh, this study's sort of gone in a direction i wasn't planning but let me just read from mark chapter 8 um some scripture It says in verse 34, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels. And again, there they're one and the same. They're interchangeable. It, it's for the Bible, for whatever God declares in the Bible. That is the gospel. The same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels and that's today that's a reference to judgment day if we're ashamed of the word of god if we're ashamed of christ himself because he is that word made flesh then he will be ashamed of us. And, and, and so this is a big part of the test that God is putting us through when uh, the, the doctrine, the teaching, as it's prone to be, can seem severe to the natural mind, to the man of the earth. He, he doesn't understand. He, uh, he responds in a very negative way towards the proclamation of the truth of the Bible. And, and and so if we're holding on to this, especially today, we have nobody to help us. We have no one to support us. We have uh, certainly not the world. 
definitely not the church. We have no one to back us up but the Bible, but God himself. And, and, and so that is where we must take our stand by the power of his grace working within us and, uh, and, and we wait on him and as he brings us day by day through this, this trial, this fiery trial until the, the night ends and the day breaks. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.